Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. Joining me from near Mexico City is the author of the next book titled Cyberman, David Ukijez. Thank you, David, for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Jay. Thank you very much for having me here. My pleasure, sir. This is uh, apparently, at least from my initial perspective, is a novel, uh, a creative novel of uh, nearly 200 pages. How would you describe it? What is this, uh, this title, Cyberman? What does it refer to? Actually, it is a mixture of different genres. I think it has uh, adventure, it has horror, and it has old love. Basically, it is science fiction also, because it is a very thrilling story where a scientist from, from Los Angeles comes to Mexico City for, for a job, and he gets robbed in the public transport. Interesting. Uh, have you been a fan of, uh, of science fiction? Yes, I have. I have, for sure. Uh, what's the name of your main character? The main character's name is David Connor. David, David Connor. Connor he he's the scientist and he gets a very important position in a in a company and he gets the chance to change or to move to Mexico City to continue his work. You've also described David Connor as one uh, guy who lives thrilling adventures of love, suspense and action. How long did it take you to come up with the idea for Cyberman? Well, the the idea came to me because I I actually got robbed in a public transport oh. here in Mexico City. That must have been here. difficult. Yeah, it was a very difficult, uh, frustrating situation for me because I had to cancel all my credit cards and my IDs and and everything. So it was a very frustrating situation for me. So uh, I thought about. How would people feel if they get robbed some other things that you would you would have to find out reading the story? Mm. This was about a year project, I understand. It took a while to get finished. Part of this story deals with David Connor experimenting with teleportation or teleporting. And he uses Internet technology to take him from one place to another, teleporting him to resolve and solve a mystery. How would you describe the writing process? Well, the, the writing process, it, it was kind of difficult for me because I first wrote it in Spanish. Mm. So the company talked to me because they were interested in publishing my, my story. So uh, I had to, to polish it, to work it, to, to leave it perfect. But they didn't do the, the translation. So I also had to work on that and then... We could also do that, the editing process to continue with that. Complex uh, project and a complex way to do it. So even though the initial writing may have taken you a year, it took some additional time to get it into English. What is your background in English? You have a very good command of the English language. Uh, are you typically uh, involved using English on a regular basis? Uh, well, I also work in in film in filming when when they talk to me when they invite me to to participate in some other projects so 
sometimes I also had to to practice my English here when when people came come from other countries. Was that the major obstacle you had to overcome on this story, at least on a personal level? Well, it, it, I I had to work with a translator also because I don't mother tongue, so sometimes I have to to search for some words. Or I am not so fluent also, but I, I I expect to improve my English soon. And I loved to to work on, on the story to do the translation. Did you have a desire as a young adult to be an author? I know you're young still, I may say that. You're not a uh, seasoned uh, citizen like I might be referred to as, I guess. As a young author, have you always had a desire to, to share stories in writing? Have you always been creative? Yeah, uh, since I was young, since I was a teenager, I also thought of writing a story. So, but I I never dared to do it to do it. Mm. So when I got dropped in the public transport, it really made me made me think about the uh, about writing writing it right now before it disappears from my mind. Beautiful. One thing, I, I am a Canadian, I will just uh, reveal that. My citizenship, my background is Canadian. And I noticed that in your story, one of your scenes talks about hockey. Uh, that's a little unusual for Mexico, I think. Uh, how did you become introduced to hockey, and how does that fit into the story? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a very good question. We also have hockey here in Mexico. Really? So I used to play hockey, and... Also, that inspired me to make a pretty good characteristic on the main character because I know people in L.A. and the States and Canada, they, it is a, a very important sport. It is a local sport, actually. So it made me feel that, that my, my character should, should have that main characteristic. So... Uh, I used to play hockey. I know tough people. So uh, the main character is a scientific, but but he is also tough, and he will would catch the attention of the people. Now another one of your characters is named Kate. Again, yeah. that's U.S. name or a, a non-Hispanic name. Is there uh, interwoven in here people from Mexico and uh, in the character building, uh, the character development? And uh, who is Kate? What is her importance to this story? Well, Kate is the the, the couple is uh, the girlfriend of of this science, scientist. Mm. Yeah, and she also uh, develops. A great career here in Mexico City. Beautiful. I, I don't really want to to tell what what everyone does in the story because I think people would find it very interesting when they read it by their own. You also describe Kate as one of the victims of this storyline as well. She also represents not only love story in this action adventure but also the motivation behind seeking revenge on the crooks who took what was important in his life. Does this story take place in current times, or is it future tense? 
Uh, it is present tense. Present tense. All right. Yeah. When you talk about the scientific part of this, is there maybe ventures into areas of science that that are not well known currently, or maybe are a part of your imagination in this story? Yeah, they are part of my imagination, but I think with the technology area that we are living nowadays, we will soon be there because, uh, you know, my character also wants to develop teletransportation. Mm. And I issued uh, a couple of decades ago. Everybody want, wanted to develop some uh, cutting-edge technology. Very, very good. The story must move along at a quick pace. Is there anything that was a challenge for you besides perhaps the scientific uh, delving into the science and the imagination of science? Yeah, I also had to search for the things that I wanted to wrote, not not only to, to wrote it because I wanted to. I, I also got the information to do it right. So when I referred with uh, scientific terms or technology terms, I investigated for them. You uh, have mentioned in your overview of the book that there is a little bit of violence in the book, uh, but it also is dealing with a superhero and uh, the age-old quest to beat evil. Was there anything else that is unusual about your book? Who is your audience? Do you feel this is appropriate for a younger audience or a younger reader? Or is it just across the board? Anybody that loves a good, fast, and exciting storyline would enjoy reading Cyberman. Yes, uh, I don't really think this is for kids. But uh, I talk to to everyone because... um, like I mentioned before, it has science, science fiction, it has adventure, and it has also love. And I think, it, like everybody does in, in real life, mm. when you really get mad or something. Yes. But, but I think this, this book talks to everyone, and everyone will find it really interesting. Besides the fact of it being interesting and an adventure, is there a, perhaps a moral that popped to the surface when you finished it, you look back and said, you know, I didn't really intend to say that, but that comes out. What would be the moral of this story, if there is one? Yes, the, the story when I was sitting in front of my computer, it was developing by itself. Mm. It, it, it happens. I don't know if every, every writer lives this situation but when you just have the idea what is going to happen next you sit and start writing and the the story starts developing by by itself and as you mentioned before it also has some aggressive parts but it's what people feels like when you get rough and or you or, or, or any situation happens to you and you cannot control it you get just out of your mind you get lost you want to to fix every situation with your own hand 
understand understand how that might be i i look back on some incidences in my past and family past and i still want to correct them with some individuals from 20 30 years ago and i know i can't yeah. but it does happen <laughs> yeah. yes so you've you've touched a nerve there the characters in your book in your novel is this something that might progress to another version of this or a continuation of the story yes yeah, sure this story will have a second installment. I don't know when will I start writing it, but I, I left many stories open, so it also has to be developed for a second installment. Oh, fantastic. David, thank you for joining me from Mexico City and sharing your insight as a new, a fresh author in the uh, release of this book, Cyberman. C-Y-B-E-R-M-A-N. And I might add, you've been getting some rave reviews, including the U.S. Review of Books, that felt this was a, a great read. Others have commented that once you start reading it, you won't be able to stop. My guest today has been David Ukijes. Thank you, sir, for being a part of today's program. Where can we get copies of this? It is also av available. You can find it right now in, in your... In, in the websites of your local bookstores. Very good. Online, of course, in Barnes & Noble and Amazon, and also, again, uh, local, local books there. In Barnes? Yes, you can find it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and many other bookstores online. Also, like, I don't remember, sorry, don't remember this, the name of Indigo, Indigo. You can also find it on Indigo Fabulous. and many other bookstores online. Fabulous. Let me spell David's last name for you. It's U-Q-U-I-L-L-A-S Ukijes. Sir, I thank you for joining me and sharing your story. I look forward to the uh, second installment of this as soon as your creativity juices get uh, wound up and you get ready to write. Look forward to talking with you again. Thank you very much, Jay. Don't forget to visit my website. It is my name, davidukillas.com, and cited life to get back his treasures and teach the bandits a lesson they will never forget. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I uh, think most of us can relate to uh, an injustice that needs to be settled. So thank you for sharing that also with us. Thank you, David. Thank you very much, Jay. My pleasure for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcasts. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com.
Welcome back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris on air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled To Slip the Surly Bonds of Earth, a title from which I uh, seem to have a recollection. And joining me from Toronto, Ontario, Canada is the author, Dr. Hugh Cameron. Welcome, sir, to the program. Good morning. Well, it's a pleasure to visit with you. Your book is a little under 200 pages. As a physician, why did you choose to become an author and write this particular story? Well, the major cultural problem we have just now is clearly the decline and fall of the West, that uh, Europe is going to cease to exist in about a decade or so as Europe. Hmm. And... um, there's not much being said about it. I mean, there's a there's a couple of serious authors, but it's hard to be serious about a topic like this. So I, I wrote it in novel form because, you know, a bit like um, the the Gone with the Wind, that was a love, which was basically a love story based against the Civil War. This is basically the same thing. It's it's a, a bunch of love stories based against the the decline and fall of the Western world. So you would uh, refer to this not as a a non-fiction, but a fictional account of what you feel the future has to to, uh, present. Yes. I mean, it's fairly accurate because it's it's pretty obvious. I mean, this is not the first time cultures have failed. I mean, it's happened five times in China, and it's also happened five times in the Western world. I mean, you had the failure of the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, the the Byzantine Empire, the Spanish Empire, and the British Empire. So uh, this is stuff which is fairly well known, and even the the mechanism of failure is is fairly well known, but it tends to be ignored. In your in your book, obviously, you've given it a lot of thought, and you have a passion for getting this story out. What motivated the passion? Is it just uh, your desire to help humanity, help the reader? Uh, what, what really is behind that? What do you think is motivating it? Well, yes, it's, it's the difficulty in discussing it, mm. because these are uh, sensitive, politically sensitive issues. And, and, you know, it tends to be ignored, because those who say anything about it tend to be attacked and that sort of thing. I mean, so it's a difficult subject to, to, to bring up. And, and so the easiest way to bring it up is, is uh, as a fictional story. But uh, as of now, the history in, in it is very accurate. And in the near future, it also is probably very accurate. Doctor, how long did it take to put this together? And because it is a fictional account of future events from your perspective, uh, was it difficult to get a storyline, get characters, and uh, and de- develop this this uh, scenario that uh, the readers will uh, hopefully enjoy? No, because um, I mean, basically, it's Spengler's, you know, the decline and fall of the West. Yes. Um, and um, this is the second in, in a series. I mean, so far I've written about four books, and uh, this is the second one to be published in, in because it, you can't really handle it in a single book. It would just be too much. Um, and yet, it was what was funny was the characters sort of wrote themselves. I mean, um, I picked out a bunch of, of uh, different characters, but. 
What surprised me is how ones I thought would be the main character turned out not to be, and ones I thought were very much secondary characters took over. I'd always heard writers talking about that, that the book writes itself, and I was surprised to find that that really is true. Yes, there are many approaches to to writing stories and sharing ideas. Uh, this is not unique in itself, but you have uh, have created a passionate story. How long did it take to complete, Doctor? Oh, probably about a year to get. I've got, um, as I say, this is the second one in the series that's yes. been published, and I'm going through the third, the third one just now, so maybe a year, a couple of years to do it. Uh, same characters, uh, different characters? Uh, what? Yes, pretty, pretty much the same characters. I mean, they, they come and go, new characters come, and old characters die off, you know, with the passage of time. As you uh, were sitting down to write this, I'm sure you had a reader in mind or someone who would uh, latch on to this exciting tale. Uh, who would that be? You mean an audience? Yes, correct. Well, well, well. I, I, um, it's, you can't really just write for uh, intellectuals. That, that simply doesn't work. Yes. And and you can't sell it low brow anymore because there's, <laughs> no, there's no. I mean, people don't read books. People look at movies nowadays. So it, it was pitched at both ends of the market. A fair amount of it is high brow, but then a fair amount of it is, you know just common or garden everyday activities. Mm. Is there an exciting scene in here that uh, popped to the surface as you were writing this and as these characters took you on this magical journey? Well, yeah, I mean, some surprised me. They, you know the, the, what happened in, in uh, Cologne, the, 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 the rape of Cologne? That occurred to me when I was, I was originally set off to write about a little German girl with Asperger's. Mm. But, but then somehow Cologne got itself involved in that too, which sort of surprised me. <laughs> but, but I found it fitted. You're not channeling the character then? No, no, because most of the characters are women. Um, and, um, so so I, I'm not, I, I suppose I started off with the, with the main male character channeling that. Yes. But, but he became taken over by events, and he's a sort of secondary character. I mean, he's always there in the background. But he's never the, not really the main player. Ah. Well, as a guy, I can relate to that. I feel like I'm in the background most of the time and a secondary character, <laughs> especially in my family. It's one of these guys, I guess. <laughs> yes. The folks who have read your first novel and, and are uh, hopefully drawn to this as the secondary follow-up novel, what has been the response so far? Well, it's, it's interesting because... Uh, I mean, I, I originally thought it would attract guys, but it's actually been attracting more women because there are more women characters than than than, than men. Wow! Uh, I mean, it starts off fairly violent, you know, with boxing and all the rest of it, but but then that doesn't last very long. Um, so the the the, the, mar the market, the women, the people that are interested in are, are actually mostly women. That, that's interesting by its by its own uh, own uh, response because uh, most. Women don't uh, gravitate towards excitement and uh, action scenes. Are there a lot of action scenes in this, or is it mostly character-driven? No, there, 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 oh, there's one action scene in every every chapter, but 
but it's seldom that the action scene itself is the main is the main factor within within the chapter. So yes, they're there, uh, but it, it, that's not the overwhelming influence. Are they a, a compilation of many characters that go throughout the book, or are each of yes. the stories do they stand alone? No, they, well, they, they stand alone in the sense that they're very much international. Because I spend a lot of time in Japan, so I like Japanese. So there's 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 a couple of Japanese characters, and and then again I spent a fair amount of time in Europe, being from Scotland originally. So there, there's a Scottish characters and sorry, there's European characters, and and again Mexico is one of the places as a Canadian we spend a lot of time. So there's a whole bunch of disparate characters, and yes, they interact with each other, but they they, they also stand alone. The fabulous approach. The uh, obvious or unusual aspects of this is colonization of Mars. Uh, what future is this future tense? To how many how many uh, years, or what is your supposition on that? Oh, I, that's that really is up to Elon Musk. I mean, if you, if you, well, no, if you leave, well, you see, that's the big problem. Mm. Uh, and that's one reason I wrote this book, is if you leave it to government, it's, I mean, you look at NASA, they've been wasting billions and billions of dollars sending stupid little things to Mars. There should have been people on Mars 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, and, and so government's going nowhere. Um, I mean, right now, if you want to resupply that, I mean, the space station itself is ridiculous. It's just a little tin can in space. Uh-huh. But even so, Elon Musk is supplying that. Um, so one would hope he's talking about 10 years so um, you know I mean assuming nothing happens to him and everything goes okay I would be thinking that I mean the technology really is there already and it's been there for quite some time Um, and the the reason I looked on the colonies of Mars you know when, when the Roman Empire went down and we entered the Dark Ages the what was known about uh, you know all knowledge survived more or less in very few isolated areas, mostly monasteries. And so I see if the Earth collapses in a civil war, which is pretty much likely, um, Mars will remain the repository of human knowledge. And so I would see in you know a hundred years or so, uh, assuming there is a well, I mean maybe the coronavirus is the start of it, but <laughs> either either biological or nuclear war, um, that there would be a recolonization from Mars back to Earth, in the same way that you know the Enlightenment uh, happened with knowledge coming out in the monasteries. Tall Bear, who is that, and what is his importance as a character? Well. Um, the, the, one of the characters does it as a miner, and if you're going to be mining in North America, you're mining in, up in Alaska and can northern Canada, which means you have to deal with the native people. And um, so I needed someone who who could deal with the native people on a, a, a regular basis, and he was one of the surprising characters who came out of nowhere. I mean, I, I thought I would just have someone who could do the negotiation for, for, for the mining company. But he became a character in his own right. And he became actually a fairly important character in the sense that there is some residual native culture which I think is useful and which I think is important. And I've tried to get 
uh, the running bear to present that. I, I, I know a native Indian woman quite well, and so I spent some time speaking with her, just 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 about she's she's a Chippewa. Spent some time speaking with her about this, uh, and but it it surprised me. Uh, he becomes important in the story in the sense that he actually ends up as being the the vice president of, of the United States, ah. and he he educates some of the children, and some of the genius children that they collect they send up to him because he helps bring them, give them a different sort of world view that they would get in civilization. I mean, if you live out in the worlds of Alaska, you look in the world in a slightly different way than you do from downtown Toronto or downtown New York. Absolutely, yes. I had a friend who was the chief of the Chippewa Nation in Ontario at one point, and uh, in a public speech, I was surprised to hear him say, you know, if Canada gave us back all of the lands that were ours in the first place, it would take us 200 years to get it back in shape. And I, 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 that's always stuck with me. Uh, you know, returning it back to its, uh, its native heritage and its, uh, its the way it was. The book itself, is it unlike others in the marketplace? There's a little bit of science fiction here. There's a little bit of uh, character study. There's romance. How would you describe it? Is it unique? It's unique in the sense that uh, from the political point of view, it's a bit like Mark Stein's book, you know, America Alone, or or uh, uh, what's his name, Murray's book, um, you know, The Strange Death of Europe. Hmm. But... Uh, but but there again, it's, some of it is obviously science fiction because you're projecting into the future, although these guys were projecting into the future too. And I don't see my future much different than theirs. But they don't really offer a solution. And the solution which I'm sort of offering here is that, that the colonies in, in Mars are going to be at least the repository of knowledge. Beautiful. The challenge of writing a book must be difficult for some authors to overcome. You have obviously done it and seems to be, seem to be enjoying it. What was the most rewarding part of not only the first book, but this in the series? Well, I've, I've written several books now. I mean, when I was uh, an active surgeon, I mean, I, I wrote books before, but they were technical books like The Technique of Total Hip Replacement, which was a bestseller about 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, but, but they were written on demand. I mean, uh, you know, Mosby Yearbook came to me and asked me to write the book. Um, so this was these books I, I did on my own. What I found interesting was how easy it was. Hmm. I had no idea. I thought writing would be very difficult. Um, and, and so that surprised me. And, and the thing that really surprised me was how the individual characters changed. They weren't what... You know, you know Anne Rand, when she was writing her book, she set out for the character to do one thing and be one thing. And they were just what she planned it on being. The characters I had all turned out differently. Interesting. Interesting. This is a, a great read because it's only a couple hundred pages. I have a short attention span. I think I would uh, be able to understand and enjoy the ride just as uh, as well as any book in the marketplace. The title of this book is To Slip the Surly Bonds of Earth, uh, subtitled Upon the Further Shore. And my guest author, Dr. Hugh Cameron. Sir, my listeners will need to get a copy of this, and I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Where do they do so? Well, they can get it from Amazon. 
or it's, if you look up the, in just this name on the internet, it will come up. And there's, you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all the rest of it, the e-books, all of the electronic stuff is available. Excellent. And do a search, listeners, and maybe ask your local bookseller, if you can't locate it, under the author's name, Hugh, H-U-G-H, Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, and you will find this book and the first in the series and anything else that may come in the future. Dr. Cameron, thank you for sharing your story with us and uh, your history on how this book got to be written, To Slip the Surly Bonds of Earth. Thank you, sir, for joining me from Toronto, Ontario, Canada today. Good, thank you. My pleasure for Ex Libris on Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Only once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world and to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central on AstronetRadio.com. Welcome back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris on air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book is titled Live Your Life. Welcome to the Awakening Party. And joining me from somewhere in the United States of America, I think it's in Maryland, is the author Anton Brown. Welcome, sir, to the program. Hey, welcome, Jay. Good to visit with you. Good to visit with you. I understand your home country or the place of birth was Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, I've always uh, mispronounced that as tobacco, but uh, that's just the way I am sometimes. I mess mess up on words. Uh, Really, it's Tobago. Uh, You have been in the United States a while. Uh, This book is uh, one I would guess would fall into the uh, partially entertainment, but definitely inspirational category. Is that the good way to describe it? Yes, it's a very inspirational book that can really change your paradigm shift and give you a different perspective on life, definitely. And how did that happen? Uh, Why did the book get written? Well, I am 44 years old, and I have a lot of life experiences. And this is actually my third book written, Ah. but first to be be published. And I go about my life inspiring people, but I have a lot of share from within. And writing is my passion, so I always love writing, and I know I always wanted to, to write and share some good inspirational stuff with people and share my perspective. So I really wrote a book about my perspective of how I see life that can really touch people's lives and you know bring change and, and, and inspiration to them. Yes. Uh, gro- growing up in the Caribbean, in the uh, on the islands, was there some particular moment that that got your attention, or have you always had a desire to be a writer? Well, in in high school, I took an English literature class, and when I got my final grade, it's a different system to America. I got a a one, which is the highest grade. So. I always went about, if somebody gives me a topic, I can truly expound on it and give some deep insights into any any topic. And this is why I always love writing. So from 
from for me it's, it's from within that I can just get it out and that's why I enjoy writing yeah a lot of uh, writers have uh, maybe someone in their past that inspired them. Are you in that situation, or is this something that you have created or developed on your own? Yeah, no one really inspired me. It was on my own. Just, just how I, just my mental capacity, how I see life, or how I go about in my life, that I can do it. Really dig deep down within and bring it out. And it's really from from within. From within, I have a lot to share. So I dug I dug deep within myself, and I just I just got a book written in five months. Yes. Well, would you recommend that everyone move to the islands for a few months and then come back? Uh, how, what, what is the uh, what is the what is the main thing that inspires you, sir? Inspires me. Um, well, life on the whole, like the book by itself, it says, "Live your life. Welcome to the awakening party." So really and truly is about really living your own life, being you, and um, just being yourself. Because a lot of times, society is controlled by systems. There are different systems, and um, the systems dictate your perspective. So you don't actually end up being yourself. You end up being who the system wants you to be. So you live your life dictated by the system, control on your mental paradigm in life. From media, through through television, through radio, through you know, to whatever it is, and so people go about. I don't want to say like zombies, but they're not free because systems dictate how they perceive their life. And I came out of systems, some systems, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to be me. And whoever somebody else is, I'm going to love them, accept them, and respect them. But for me, I'm going to live my life. And in living my life, I'm going to be the best me because I take control of my life to make the right choices to be the best me. And this is the true inspirational part of the book. Uh, definitely good advice uh, on uh, to anyone that w- might be listening or needs uh, maybe a, a motivation in their life. One of the chapters is titled, Pull Your Strings. And I was curious what that re- revolves around or what is the message there? Well, just like I just said, you know, um, people allow the systems to dictate their, their life. So when you, when you think about pulling our strings, you think like a puppet. Uh, you think if you pull left, you go left, you pull right, you, you pull right. But are you doing that for you or are you doing that because your mental has so been programmed to go left because they say go left, go right because they say go right? That does not, that does not mean it is truth. That you just you just live in your life over somebody else's perception, and that perception becomes your reality. But is it, is it your reality or the system reality? You know that has you that have you living how you live and thinking how you live or doing how you what you do. And I got you know I I got out of it. And the system I'm really talking about is one of these systems is, is religion. I came out of religion because I I didn't. You know, at the end of the day, it didn't make sense to me. And um, I came out, I'm really free. But you know what? I tell somebody, I tell people, if you, whatever you went to, I'm going to love you regardless. I'm never going to judge you. You be the best you in whatever you believe. And that that's how I live my life, love, based out of love. So however somebody else want to live their life or choices they make, I'm going to love them, accept them, and respect them for for them. I'm just going to love them for them. 
And this is this is part of the book. Just loving, just living, loving, and living your own life. You sound as though you're a motivational speaker. Is that something you're also pursuing, or is it simply the the written word that you are uh, working on? I tell you something. I I will talk to anybody, and I will I will inspire anybody. I will inspire anybody. Give me five minutes, and I will just break down life. I will break down life to you, and it will leave anybody inspired. So it's just something that comes naturally out of me. So I, I've like I went to Trinidad last November, and I went and I spoke to my high school. I went and speak to my middle school. I spoke to uh, uh, some business people in one day. Then I had a, a book, a book signing too. So I just I was on the radio also that that one day, and I was just just speaking and just sharing my views of people. So it comes out naturally. So in life, I inspire people by what I see, by what I do, how I live my life. Yes, I am an inspiration to people. If yeah, I, if you may say. Sure. <laughs> your, your book itself, uh, you say it took uh, what about five, six months, seven months to complete. Is that uh, a good time frame for it? Yeah, I took I took um, five months, five exact months. I started in January twenty six, two thousand nineteen, and every day from ten to one. Every night from 10 to 1, after kids went to bed, I just sacrificed. And I wrote every single day, minus one or two days. And I just, and it was, it, it, it writing comes so naturally out of me that I didn't have to, to do anything. It just, it just came out because I have so much in, insight to share. I just put pen to paper and it just came out. You're sharing. It, it was a culmination of all my years, experiences. I tied it into five months and I wrote a book. Uh, yeah. you, you you mentioned that in this uh, effort you are sharing your personal your personal journey through life. Uh, would you find this to be different from others? There are motivational speakers and writers and all of that. Uh, it's not a, a worn path, but there are a lot of books of this type out there. What do you think is different about yours? Oh, one the thing that is different is that it's my experience. It's not a nonfiction. It's my own experience that I, I share my heart, it's real, it's relatable, and it's, it just makes sense. It's freeing. It's freeing. It, it, it's different. Because I, I see myself, how I live my life different, to, or how I see, or my perspective to life is different from, from the status quo. So that's what makes it different. It's different from the status quo. And when I share this, and anybody else could read it, it was like, wow. So it's really eye-opening. And the book is... Live your life. Welcome to the awakening party. So when it when it speaks about awakening, you know it's like waking up, opening your eye to awaken from sleep, to see a new, fresh perspective that really makes sense, and it will allow you to, to question a lot of things that you have grown up believing that is not necessarily truth. It's the system telling you what is. So the difference of my book is that it's awakening. So a true reality that you now can take responsibility for your life, for yourself, and to, and to create your own reality because of your different perspectives that I'm sharing in the book. Yeah. Uh, very, very, uh, very practical advice then, as you have uh, stated it. And your writing style, would you describe that as a conversational, personable, one-on-one? Uh, would that be a good way to describe it? Yes, 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 because... People, because uh, chapter five, it, I share my own story, my own life story. So it's it's relatable. It's relatable. I share a lot of different experiences in my life that 
anybody could, could, could put himself in my step, in my shoes, and, and understand where I am, where I came from, and where I am right now. Because a lot of times, a lot of people want to be free. But they still, but they are so structured according to the system that they can't be free. And I'm, sh- tell- I'm showing people how I got free and how I have awakened into my own conscious reality. And people are like, wow. So a lot of times that people will, will say, man, they wish they can do what I do, but they still hold on to, to what, they hold, what they grew up in because of people's family backlash or other people in society's backlash of how they may perceive them to be. But I was like, no, I'm going to be me. You're going to love me for me. So it's so real, the book, you're going to love me for me. And if you don't love me for me, I'm going to love you for you. Good. Practical, practical living. Very practical. 114 pages, not a long read, so someone could pick it up. And if they want to learn something specifically about you, family and friends, or or revelation, mm-hmm. or how to release their energy, I guess, into the marketplace and be a positive person, they could go to that chapter and just read that. It's not necessarily one that you have to start at the beginning and go to the end. Uh, you can still learn from each page and each uh, each chapter. Yes, you could, but I'll advise anybody to start from the beginning because it's, the book truly flows. It truly flows from the beginning. To the end, and when you you start from the, the beginning and you finish at the last chapter, you will see how it all ties in together. Beautiful. But there are little snippets, different chapters that relate to different things. But it's advisable. The book is like a, like like Pringles. Once you start, you don't want to put it down. You you will just go straight through to the end because it's a quick, easy read. So that 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 on itself makes it very easier and and, and inviting to this pick it up and just you you'll be you'll be surprised how quickly you finish read it and you'll be so empire like what inspired it will touch your life like never before so it's a book of pringles uh, sort of i mean not really but <laughs> uh, you, you have described this as relatable inspiring and awakening and uh it is a, again a short read of just a little over 100 pages uh so uh-huh. it is easy to easy to read uh the title is uh is also easy to read live your life Pretty straightforward. And the subtitle, Welcome to the Awakening Party. My guest author, Anton Brown. Anton, uh, there are many people who need to be inspired. How do they do so? How do they get a copy of your book? Well, the book is available on Amazon. It's available on xlibris.com, xlibris.com. And you can also go to my personal website, www.antonbrown.com. Excellent. And uh, from what I'm gathering from conver- conversing or talking with you, there is a book in the works, or will there be a follow-up to this one? Oh, yes. I um, I already have my material for a second book, or my fourth book, but second to be published. So it's I'm gonna, it's, it's within me. I already have material. I, I could begin writing right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was going to give it this first book time to, you know, get out into the world. And I'm... I'm when I'm ready, the time will be ready for me to write, and I'm going to continue writing as long as I have the, the ability to. Anton, do you have any final words of advice? Yes, the only words of advice is that to know that we are all one, regardless of race, color, whatever religious affiliations, whatever political affiliations, whatever it is, 
we are really one. And I want us to know that we need to come together as one conscious unity, one conscious people to understand that we just, we just need to love each other for each other, regardless of how someone can be different to you, speak different to you, look different to you. Just love, 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 love everybody in spite of. This is my message. Love everyone in spite of. Beautifully put. Congratulations. Completing this one, the title again is Live Your Life. Welcome to the Awakening Party, my guest author. Anton Brown. Thank you, sir, for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker.